Hello. The baby is a faka. <laughs> um, sorry for people who don't know who the baby is. The baby is a rapper who is best known probably to the wider public as a rapper, obviously, but um, he featured on a Dua Lipa song called Levitating. It is over 800 million streams on Spotify. It is a very, very popular song. It's like really high on the charts and that's probably going to all cascade down very fucking sharp because basically in the last week or so, he was at um, a festival, music festival in Miami and he made a load of homophobic remarks to the crowd. Um, basically, he was like, he shouted into the crowd if you didn't show up today with HIV AIDS or any of them sexually transmitted diseases that make you die in two to three weeks, put your cell phone in the air. If you're not sucking dick in a car in a parking lot, put your cell phone in the air. Keep it fucking real. That is just what that is what he said. And obviously people have taken that as homophobic and because it is, you know what I mean? And the insensitivity levels are obviously they've gone out the window. Um, the sensitivity, insensitivity. Um, the sensitivity levels have gone out the window, and he has made these comments, and like a load of people have like spoken out about like Madonna has said stuff, Elton John, and weirdly Chris Brown has spoken out because his opinion matters. Um, but these famous people have spoken out, and all the outrage by the public. Has been felt against him and he is kind of he's angry he's telling people to shut the fuck up and saying that they misunderstood him and um that he didn't mean it that way and yeah he's doing himself no favors because the way he really needs to be apologetic instead of angry at the people who are offended you know what i mean because um you know he is in the wrong and he said all this other thing and now Dua Lipa just for just and people have collabed with him or removing his songs from their streaming platforms not like completely removing them but like removing them from playlists so like you know on Spotify you have this is Dua Lipa and then you have um on Apple Music you have Essential Dua Lipa or something or Dua Lipa, Dua Lipa Essentials and on them playlists, the uh, baby's feature on Levitating will not be in that, even though that is her most popular song at the minute, which usually would be number one on them playlists. So she's removing all the stuff that, you know, his involvement. But the LGBTQ plus community are outraged, and rightfully so. Um, he basically responded very angrily, saying things like, as I said, you know, shut the fuck up, and um, he says, you know, he's he kind of talks about how it didn't translate correctly what he was trying to say, and um, yeah, he kind of the days after it happened, he tried to make these excuses and saying that he's like, you know, this sort of god-like figure of a rapper, um, and that he doesn't care what like you know people identify as or what their sexuality is but people that 
a person that care doesn't care about that, you know, who really is just open and willing to let a person live their life would not have said something like that, you know, and not think of the possible ramifications that these people might feel by pointing out a deadly virus that's killed so many people who are gay and, you know, frowning upon a sexual act that gay people, you know, but, you know, there's there's so many and people that spoke out and stuff and, um, I just think that the, he deserves the backlash now. I don't know. Because is he cancelled now? Because I'm actually unsure if he is. Because, you know, there's people out there like that have done worse than him and haven't got cancelled. They've actually, you know, he said something which is bad 100%. But there's people out there that have actually committed acts and been allowed to continue with their career. So... I hope he's cancelled because I think someone speaking out like that and not really understanding, you know, the ramifications like it might cause and the harm it might do to people. I think maybe he's had his time, you know what I mean? He's had a, he's got enough money to, you know, live comfortably. But um, a couple of days after his, you know, shut the fuck up tweets and whatever, he decided to um, tweet again and... He said, anyone who ever who done ever been affected by AIDS or HIV, y'all got a right to be upset. What I said was insensitive, even though I have no intentions on offending anybody. So my apologies. But the LGBT community, I ain't tripping on y'all. Do you? Y'all business is y'all business. I feel like maybe we need him to read that out and then, or someone that is able to construct that a bit better because I sound like a robot trying to read that out. I sound like, like fucking Siri or something trying to read that out. But yeah, he did that and you know people are thinking maybe it's a wee bit too little too late and he's not only felt the backlash, I'm just thinking now, I remember reading that he's been cancelled from a lot of, you know, festivals he was supposed to perform at. Um, a lot of people have removed him from that, like the lineup, the people involved in the lineups have removed him. So he's not done himself any favours um, and like he really I just don't know where he's going to go from this you know what I mean if he really he's obviously I think that is not a tweet he wanted to put out that one I just read out the people he I was insensitive didn't mean to offend you um, he did not want to put that out that is his definitely not He that is his marketing team they have said if you want any chance there's very little chance now i would say of continuing your career i think you need to put something out and apologize there's no option even if you don't want to you just imagine that can't you though you can see you can see them sitting the team that he has behind him sitting down and saying right if you want people to respect you again to some degree you're going to have to apologize even if you think what you've done it, there's nothing wrong with what he done. And I feel like he doesn't think there's anything wrong with what he done because his initial tweets were like, before he felt the full rage of society on him, he was like ready to, you know, stand his ground. But now he's apologising, so. And 
you know, regardless if it was forced or not, I think it's a good thing that he's put it out. And I think that that will mean a lot to a lot of people. And he's apologise to the LGBTQ community and people who have been affected by HIV and AIDS. But, yeah, it's kind of just so odd that someone would come out with that these days and feel like they wouldn't... Maybe he was high or maybe he was drunk on stage. That's no excuse. I know. I'm not trying to make that excuse, but I'm just saying, like, maybe he was not consciously thinking. I feel like I just can't see a conscious... A person who's literally fully sober, not affected by any drugs or whatever, um, saying something like that and not thinking at all of the ramifications. Like, it, that is just a perfect example of not thinking before you speak, maybe. Or maybe he does speak like that in, behind everyone's, you know, in behind closed doors. And, you know, people, he finally just let it slip one night um, on a stage in front of thousands and thousands. And... God, I would love to have seen what it was like in that um, stadium that he was performing in. Whenever he said that comment, it's kind of like whenever Kanye West was running for president and he had like a um, a rally, and it basically there was I seen this video on Twitter. It was amazing. Um, people were filming him, filming, 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 filming filming these two girls were filming two black women and uh, that is important to the story I'm not just saying that um because basically he was ranting all to you and they were all like yes and yes they were supporting everything he said it was like you know let's get more jobs and let's do all this all positive things and, he, and then he he flips it and he goes Harriet Tubman did not save any slaves and a uh, she like damaged he was like he was blaming Harriet Tubman for things and if anyone go, if you want to google Harriet Tubman right now she is a person who saved loads of slaves back in her day she was a real really good person you know what I mean everyone in society views her as this amazing figure she is like just incredible woman like she is just incredible she battled through so much and risked her own life to save others back in a time where you know there was no social media to say oh look around you and support me give me money you know what I mean um which is fine for people that do do that but I'm just saying that um there was nothing back there and she just did it all out of the goodness of her own heart not for the social media attention but Kanye West basically said she isn't real and these people <laughs> were like um they were obviously yes get more jobs yes um equal pay blah 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 whatever and then like something she goes, Harry Tom was real. And, he's, and then you just hear the girl that was recording. You turn around and you see that obviously they're coloured people. And they obviously think Harry Tubman is amazing. You know, and they obviously know the history of slavery more than anyone. And they've had to, they've probably had, you know, ancestors that have lived through it. And they're like, the red flag or immediate, the red flags immediately go up. And they're literally like, let's get the fuck out of here. And you just see them walking away because Kanye West, a person who is of colour, is denying that. Harriet Tubman done anything good, um, which is just incredible, um, but you know, and I feel like them women just didn't really, couldn't really get it, get understand, fathom, kind of like this situation with the baby, they couldn't fathom how someone could literally come out with that and expect people to still support them. It's crazy. Also, on the point of the baby, I was thinking that. There's this whole thing I've discussed 
with people in my life that um, it's kind of like the art of an artist. So the baby's art is music, right? Or rap. Um, and the artist is the baby. And it's kind of like, is there a way to detach them from each other? Because I just think in society now, the artist is the art. Do you know what I mean? I just think that at a time, there might have been, you know, the person's art and the artist themselves. They have got, you know, that person obviously makes their music or makes their art or whatever. But should we not listen to this person's music because of shit they've said or because we don't like them. So say like, I don't know, say, well, look at Michael Jackson, for example. He's been accused of a lot of shit. And yet people still, you know, his record, um, I think it's bad, is the best selling record of all time. And you know what I mean? That was obviously before anything came out. But people still listen to Michael Jackson. Like, still buying his records all the time streaming him and I just wonder if maybe if the baby does fizzle out which I hope he does <laughs> I'm just wondering will people listen to him still because of it's just it's, I, I really don't hold the answer here I'm just wondering will they be able to detach him from his music and I'm just wondering you listening now you're listening to this will do you think you would be able to do that if your favourite singer, because DVB is not my favourite singer, Michael Jackson is not, but say like, who do I love? Um, say Lord or something. It comes out that she's molested children. But I still want to listen to Greenlight, you know what I mean? It's kind of that debate, you know, I want I love her music, but she's doing something bad. Obviously, that's a really bad example because Lord is the most loveliest person, but I, I have to put it into context because that's like the least, least likely thing you expect. So, well, to be fair, I didn't, I don't, I didn't know much about the baby, but I just knew, I, I just think Dua Lipa was a lovely person. Well, from what I've gathered from her interview, so I'm thinking, you know, I just think, oh, she's working with, he must be nice if she's working with him, and then he comes out with this. So, you know, it's obviously, it's obviously shocked her. So it's obviously it shocked everyone else, um, but you never know. Who knows? Really, who the fuck knows? And this week's guest is Anne Blackhurst. Hello, Anne. Hello, Jimmy. How are you? I am really good. Uh, very excited for this. Uh, Anne is... Oh, well, I should probably let you explain how you know me. That's always the tradition. I was just about to go ahead. I was so excited. So. Yes, well, I know you through Rachel, who was one of your earlier guests. Yeah. Rachel is my daughter, so she was at school with you. Yeah. Um, very, very good friends. Um, and just over the past few years, really, that I've started to get to know you in terms of coming over. and yeah. Um, and chatting and dog walking and things like that we've really got to know each other a lot better through that I think definitely yeah I really am I'm just thinking now that I'm really milking the Blackhurst family for all their <laughs> worth I've had Rachel on Rachel's sister Cassie and now you so I just need to go with Thomas just and... get Thomas and that's a compliment though that you find us interesting yeah, enough oh I'm, definitely I'm, I'm, I'm honoured yeah, 100% you are a marking third member of the Blackhurst family in the podcast a you're the second mother I've had the podcast. I have mm-hmm. my cousin Ashton the other mm-hmm. week. And um, just, I asked my cousin Ashton, because her children are called Kale, Freddie and Blake. Mm-hmm. 
and your children are Rachel, Cassie and Thomas. Mm-hmm. I just what just want to straight in and uh, would love to know how you came up with them names. Was that What was the process of name picking for your kids? It was a combination of two things. One of them was that it was quite a traditional thing trying to get names that were already in the family, which is just ah. something... I mean, it's not exclusively an Irish thing, but it's just a, yeah. a, 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 from the tradition point of view. And then just ones that we, we, we liked, mm. that we could agree on and that would go well with the surname and making sure that there weren't bizarre combinations of initials or <laughs> the, oh, just all sorts of things. It was really a bit uber-analysed, I think, yeah, and to be honest. Well, do you think one was like harder to decide than the other? Obviously, you have three, so the third one maybe was like, oh, what do we call this one? Yes, well, it was actually, it was Cassie was the hardest one to decide because... Um, Rachel was always going to be Rachel, you know, if, if she was a girl and Thomas was always going to be Thomas because the, the, the names were already there. My second uh, name's Rachel and my grandmother was Rachel. So that's all ties in and we like yes, the name Rachel. Yes. So all the boxes were ticked with Rachel. Um, and then with Thomas, um, um, Scott, my husband's second name is Thomas and his grandfather was Thomas uh, and we liked Thomas. Therefore, he was fine. And then with Cassie, it was my second name used up. And then all, you know, just it was trying to just get something that we liked and that was also somewhere in the family mm-hmm. so she's actually Catherine and there's Catherine on both sides of the family we both like Catherine and then we shortened it down to Cassie because I had an aunt who was shortened to Cassie and so again we were just ticking ticking just all the types of things that we wanted to have and a name that we liked oh that's so good but it did take time yeah and you feel under like pressure because you're supposed to register the baby within three or four weeks and it probably sounds like quite a long time but it's, it's your pay, that is a dis- life decision these child yes exactly so exactly to... and you also grow into a name as well so you, yeah, and you, you can't do, do that when you're only three weeks old I so know. it's a bit it's, it is a bit of pressure are you the type of person that sees like that child suits the name like you're saying like oh completely like rachel's a rachel yeah or, like, oh, completely and yes you do yes. believe you're an Anne. okay yes <laughs> <laughs> yes a hundred percent and three kids was this mm-hmm. is like uh, was it always just going to be three or was it originally going to be none like my mum was never going to have me you know she was thinking no children she wants her holidays wants to lie up abroad doesn't want the responsibility I was just thinking was it was always the thing you would love to be a mother no it wasn't really something I think it's something that develops and happens over time it's not something mm-hmm. you really plan for as such but then you know in retrospect I didn't plan a huge amount of things I just kind of went with it you know from going from yeah. from school through and university and career and so on I, I, I didn't have a very set road that I was definitely going along oh right okay and so the family just happened as part of that um, and it's been a great it's been a super direction it's been my it's been my best bit even though I didn't really plan it yeah that way. You, always, you often find that there yeah. were so many different things in life that the, the, the unplanned things you know that's yes. the thing people say isn't it yeah just go but we cannot mention like I've talked about family here we can't mention the family without mentioning the dogs that mm. you have they have they're, I think that people people who have listened to every episode with Cassie now and Rachel they have dogs we mention every time they're they the common have denominator have. aren't they <laughs> definitely and like Rachel Catherine Thomas mm-hmm. they are traditional you know the traditional names and dogs that is when it is like let loose because there's no you know like having to do the traditional thing and you know tick all in boxes as you were saying yes Patty and Bumble yes. four girls I just think amazing names it, I think they, they took a minute to grow on me but now I love them and I just think that like you know you were saying there about like you know people growing into their names and them dogs have grown uh, into their yes, names yes yes just perfectly sums them up yeah. really and uh, 
what was the process of the dog names? I actually don't think I heard. Th- I think Rachel has told me before, yeah. but I cannot for the life of me remember. Actually, I think it's harder with dogs because whenever you get the dog and you're immediately having to start training it mm-hmm. and getting it to respond to you, so you need to have a name straight away. You know, from the at least with a baby, you don't. Yeah. But with a dog, weeks you're seems, thinking, I four weeks seems a lifetime. Yes, whenever you come exactly. Out of that. You need to get this dog to come to you or to respond or, or whatever. So there was a bit of pressure. Paddy became Paddy. Not because of the name so much as the, the way she, she walked. Whenever she walks, she's got this very kind of little paddy, 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 paddy walk. She's just a, a very small <laughs> dog, as you know. Yeah, yeah. And when she walks, she, she paddies along. Um, oh, and also lovely. at the same time, there was a, a the, the, the girls used to go horse riding and there was a horse at the stables. It was a black horse called Paddy and they adored him. And it all happened Aww. at the same time. So I thought, right, Paddy walks like that. And, and plus I had a friend at school whose name was Patricia and she was shortened to Paddy. And I thought, I'm going to break a few boundaries here and yeah. make Paddy a girl's name and just, yeah, awesome. just, just a little challenge in there. And then with Bumble, oh, Bumble, oh. <laughs> Bumble was, we sat for ages in the family and nobody could agree on anything. Nobody. It was just... It was. It you was got to it work for some people, was, then someone was like, "No, yes. oh, I know." And I yeah. think we eventually put pieces of paper on the ground with potential names on it, and let Paddy put her paw, just the first one she put her paw. And was Bumble. Oh my god! Which works really well because she loves um, bees, uh, you know, pouncing at insects yeah. and things, and and Bumble and Bumblebee. It just all seemed to, yeah, it all seemed to. But and she bumbles along. She's a bit of a bumbler as well. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. And this is the last thing I mentioned about children, but I just, mm-hmm. uh, like, I obviously, Cassie, Cassie and Rachel have done this. Rachel be- is my best friend. And, um, you know, just mentioning that, like, they have such great morals and they're just, like, such lovely people. And I just think, like, obviously you should be proud, but I'm just wondering, like, one thing that I think in particular, like, they are, obviously you didn't raise them to be this way, but, like, I just think it's so commendable that they're both vegans and that, like, that is just so... Like, I wish I had the willpower and it's just, like, so awesome because, like, uh, and my question is, are you a vegan? Would you comment yourself? No. You're not a vegan? I'm not vegan, no, because I I can't get past cheese to be vegan. (laughs) Yes, I know. In my heart, I'm vegan, but in reality, I I know that that, and until vegan cheese is at least almost as good as real cheese and just the pleasure that i get from real cheese until that is at least partly there no no um, but you're vegetarian I would vegetarian say. yes yeah. and yes. why are you vegetarian just do you like um i think i think it was always um conscience i think it was always i've always been very fond of animals and i, yeah. I first became vegetarian when i was 14 oh, wow. but i haven't been vegetarian since i was 14 i did stop Oh, you did? For a, a, quite a bit in between, um, and have started again, more or less following the girls. To be honest, I think they That's have got so me back into it. Not as far as veganism, but but um. No, they're not letting you give up that cheese. Yes. <laughs> but, no, no, That's no. so commendable, though, and I think I'm I'm so should be so proud that you're able oh, to thank you. do that. Thank yeah. you. But moving on, um, we're going to cover now uh, your career. So mm-hmm. basically, I'm going to ask, what do you do with yourself? <laughs> Like what? It, just tell us a bit about like your career and about like what it's spanned from, university. Like what you studied in university. Inter- yeah. Okay. No, it's been a bit of a mixed bag to be honest. Which in some ways I like, and in some ways I don't. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. And um, I, I, when I was when I was young, I wanted to be a vet. I think a lot of young people, yes. and especially because I was so fond of animals, I thought I really, really want to be a vet. This was at primary school. 
went on uh, to secondary school and <laughs> sciences just weren't quite what they should be and but languages were and I just I just because the first exposure I had to any foreign language was at secondary school we didn't do any primary language um, and I just adored them I loved them and um and that just then sent me into into modern languages. So and what was the languages you studied in school? I did French, German and Spanish oh, to A-level. And then dropped Spanish and went on to university and did French and German. Um, with, with, with marketing was the first uh, degree I studied um, just because I wanted to, to do something that was going to be reasonably practical in the world that would have yeah. something where I could work with languages in a commercial kind of a setting. Yeah. And that was the thinking behind that. And then after that, Oh, and I remember, I remember leaving university and just thinking, what next? So I just went on and did another, <laughs> did another degree, and <laughs> I did interpreting and translating with French and German. Mm -hmm. So no commerce, no anything like that. Just, just the, the, but it was also still quite, quite practical because it's a skill as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I did that, and then I was lined up. I was going to go on and work with that, uh, but when I was at, uh, this was at Harriet Watt, and when I was at there, that's where I met Scott. Ah, yes. Um, and he was always going to stay in the UK. So I had job interviews and things to go over into Europe. That's where I was going to go. Okay. And, and he he got a job in Edinburgh. And um, and that was just one of those things where I was mentioning earlier, where sometimes you, you don't have the plan, but life mm. just took me off in this completely different direction. And I stayed in the UK and stayed in Edinburgh and married him. Mm -hmm. um, and I worked, I actually worked for the post office for a while, which is something that Cassie teases me about because she, you know, it was, it was, it was in market, market analysis that I worked. And it was really, really lovely. It was in Edinburgh and working in Edinburgh is just wonderful. It's just yeah. almost a perfect city. It's the right size. It's I really the right atmosphere. Been, yeah. It has the festivals and it has so many a great student population as well. So it's got the buzz, the kind of the young buzz that yeah. the city needs as well. It's got a bit of everything, doesn't yes, it? Really? Yeah, absolutely lovely. So I worked there for a while and a brilliant team really, really liked it there. Um, and then had Rachel. Mm -hmm. So since I had Rachel, which was almost 20 years ago, <laughs> <laughs> which is just terrifying because in my head she's still seven, um, um, I have been full-time mum, but uh, when Rachel was five years old, we moved out to Muscat in Oman. Um, this was with Scott's work and um, so for the first few years because Thomas was still very young when we moved there so I was still full-time mum there but for a bit out there towards the the end of our time I started working in the the, the school that they went to okay. in the special educational needs department which was brilliant as well a completely yeah. different direction not something I'd ever done before um, and I had always avoided teaching as well because I can't deal with classroom management I couldn't deal with 22 children in I a get class that. yeah um, a and it's not so much just the behavior management it's just the fact that there's just such a mixture of different needs so if I'm sitting with the ones who are flying ahead I'll feel that I'm neglecting the ones and I, I my yeah. hat off to teachers and how they manage that and how that they is do very, it day in day yeah. out year after year but I just I would get so stressed with it so so working in an SEN with small groups twos threes um um, and on and some of the educational testing and so on. Uh, I really enjoyed that. But then came back over here um, for the school years and, and yeah. just with different things happening with work and everything um, and get me 
a bit more established because I did some private tutoring as well. Another thing I really enjoyed. Now thinking if, if Scott's work is going to take us to various different countries, I'd like to have something that's transferable that I can just take anywhere I go. That is one. So for the past two years then I have done an online, as you know, because <laughs> you have, you, I have probably bent your ear, you probably oh, have been it brilliant. Oh, so entertaining. <laughs> I have been studying uh, a master's in education just to have that as just some ballast to my you know, to, to to my CV just to show that, that I have, yeah. have a qualification in it. So that's that's the plan. The plan is then I go back to Muscat at some point, um, and carry on with with what I had been doing and and some work in in private tutoring as well. Wow. That, that's as of today. That's where I am. I did not know so much of that story. Oh, I'm so okay. glad that I got to you know hear that. And I'm just wondering, you said about like going from working and you were obviously working like a good bit you were doing obviously with the languages and the you, you'd done like two degrees at that point or whatever mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering the transition from working all the time to full-time mum how was that for you was that obviously fact you have a lovely baby and all but was there was there ever like this longing to go back to work or were you like too tired uh yeah it's probably a combination to be honest you are very tired it's a level of, so. of tiredness that just is unlike any other definitely very tiring and it is, so it is commendable a shock to the system but but um by the time i had rachel I, I i was so happy to be at home with her because it was it was incredibly rewarding um mm-hmm. I, I sometimes found that in the world of business i found that um meetings and things and i'm still not great with meetings because i find that they don't tie anything up they don't get things done nine times out of ten it's let's have another meeting and then I come away really frustrated thinking we had a meeting to sort this out we still haven't sorted it there's just another meeting there's no progress (laughs) and but I found that at the end of each day with with Rachel it was just I've just felt as though the achievement was immense it was just Mm -hmm. immense and then once they start getting to the stage where you can interact with them they're sitting up and they're smiling at you or talking to you and and you're talking you're reading with them and you're doing all the different bits and pieces. It's just this lovely interaction. It's yeah. unlike anything else. It's an incredible relationship you have and and so much more fulfilling, I think, than than anything else. So in terms of looking back and, you know, back to your earlier question about had I planned it, I hadn't planned it, but it was wonderful. Aww. It was wonderful, yeah. That yeah. is so good. And I think, think that's so interesting to hear someone talk about that because you never really hear like I well I don't hear anyway you know obviously but people with young children are just talking about like the them small things just like smiling at you you know like the wee yes. small things you appreciate on the daily basis and stuff yeah. and that's so cool and um I have I have written down here any other like careers that you considered but I feel like you've covered like quite you've done quite a few already but yes. was there ever anything like totally exotic or something like that you were ever gonna because languages obviously stuck and that was something yeah. like something to do with that was always some you know or yeah. Yeah, an education but was there ever any other like field mm. you were like dream of like that you said yes yes yeah and i would i would st- still would be a part of me that would think that would be really fulfilling work to do but the really sciences are just work. just can't. oh no 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 <laughs> chemistry oh no no I was, i'm so annoyed you know because i want to be able just to, to have these things fall into place and, <laughs> and understand them but oh no, no it just didn't happen but no not really I've never really hankered I think if I could be anything I'd love to be a, a really 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 skillful musician oh, I love wow. music and I would love to be incredibly talented at it to the point where people are just open mouthed gaping and going <laughs> you are 
Oh, that's a dream. You're virtuoso at that. I'd love to be, but that's that's not there either. So. (laughs) (laughs) I know we all do it. Like just just some of the stuff that's being made. You know the music is just. it just makes you feel so good and you think uh, how that must be to make so many people feel like that because yeah. you are so talented at it oh just yeah music is yeah. so powerful music i yeah. just think it just really has such a great effect but this is kind of a strange question to halfway through here i'm asking where you're from and obviously you've mentioned you're from northern ireland uh, but uh, whereabouts in Northern Ireland are you actually from? I... I'm from County Antrim County originally. Antrim. I was born between yeah. Randallstown and Ballymena. Yeah, and I'm just, uh, what do you think of like Northern Ireland as a whole? It's the question that, it kind of is probably maybe an uncomfortable question. But yeah, I'm just... no, it's not uncomfortable because it's something I think about a lot, actually. Yeah. I think about it a lot. Um, I have a lot of hope for this country, but at the minute that's all that it is. It's it's that there is a future and a prospect for it, and it could be great. I think this place could be absolutely immense. Um, I think it's being held back far too much by entrenched and intransigent, intransigent positions and ideas that are just not allowing it to move forward. And I don't like, and I know this is not unique to this country, but polarisation Mm-hmm. of ideas which are just just exacerbating a problem that needs to be looked beyond in terms of the world is a different place the world is a much bigger place mm-hmm. and in many ways the world is a much smaller place yeah for it just to hold those views that are of a completely different time yeah. I, I think and, and I can see that conservative values in some ways are are admirable as well i can see that it's it's good to hold on to a community spirit it's a good thing to you know believe in things that are maybe you know honorable in a lot of ways in terms of of you know looking after people around you but that that can't be done at the expense of others that that yeah. can't block out others that, that that consideration must be extended to everyone so i have a mixture of disappointment that things haven't moved on i came back thinking enough time has passed it'll be completely changed so there's an element of disappointment that it hasn't but i still have high hopes that it will oh that, that well that sense. is so and you are a very optimistic you know person so i think that's something we can you know kind of look for like i kind of wish i had that level of optimism mm. but how long you were in muscat for 15 uh, t- uh 10 years oh, 10 years yes, sorry 10 years. 10 years and uh yeah i understand why you would think you know come back 10 years past that's like a full that's proper amount of time like it's not like a year or two and uh, just like as uh, I mentioned with Rachel the Northern Ireland versus you know or County Antrim or uh, versus Muscat is just so different mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. the lifestyle everything and I just think would love to hear what you like you obviously enjoyed yourself you wouldn't have lived there for 10 years mm-hmm. if you didn't enjoy the the experience you had no man and I'm just wondering uh, like as a woman I know this is like one of them questions uh, mm-hmm. but like, as a woman in Oman you know in a place that is like so like systematically built to discriminate against women mm-hmm. I'm just wondering how you like you know like fought that you know what I mean like obviously you couldn't like you know start a revolution or anything mm-hmm. you had to just get on with life you had young children you're not going to start riots or anything yeah. I'm just wondering like how like the small little things in life did, did they get to you like the the they must have got you like all them discriminatory things that um, goes on it's a combination again um the because oman in the in the middle east is is it's different 
um, in that it is a more forward-looking and liberal country than many others in the region. Oh, right. And that yeah. is because of the, well, he uh, unfortunately, he, he passed away um, last year on his 50th, 50th anniversary, or the, it would have been 50 years of accession to the throne. Um, he transformed the country in such, such an incredibly short time. Oh, wow. uh, and a good part of that was... Um, opening things up and trying to achieve a, a greater degree of, 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 of equality in the, in the country. So uh, there, there, there weren't restrictions such as not being able to drive as a woman. Um, I had that freedom. I was able just to go out. I didn't have to cover, so I didn't have to wear head coverings or, or the, there, there were no things imposed like that. He also had um, religious freedom. Not that I'm religious or that I practice, but the the fact that that freedom was there, yeah, that other yeah. people of other religions were allowed to come and practice. So it wasn't, it it didn't feel at the time um, to be terribly restrictive or to be terribly oppressive. I didn't, I wasn't aware of it. I felt that the life we had out there was, was exceptionally, it was super um but I can see as well that in, in many parts of the world, and I can point that finger in this country as well, that there's still a long way to go yeah, in terms yeah, of, 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 totally. of gender equality. But, but I, I didn't at the time feel that it, was, that, it was a, that it was a problem. I didn't feel constricted or restrained in any way. That is really good. Yeah. And I never would have thought to make the comparison of the, them other countries that are so much worse. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. literally you can't drive oh, as no, well. Absolutely. Or... Absolutely. Countries say where you can't drive or countries where... It's more or less uh, just abnormal, say, for, for girls to go off to, to school. If I, if I had been somewhere where I couldn't have put my girls into education, yeah. that would have been a completely different picture. Oh, would have yeah. been, I would be sitting saying very, very different things <laughs> here. <laughs> totally. but, um, but no, they, they, it, it, it was, it was a, an open-minded, forward-looking country, um, and it was pretty much coming from the top it was coming from that that leadership that just filtered right down through the whole country it was exceptional it was an exceptional thing to experience and witness as well that, that is that is really interesting answer i really uh, i i feel like i've learned a, a lot there about mm. the experience you had there and i'm just like a i was going to ask something else oh yes a on a lighter note you know mm-hmm. we're talking about all the differences between oman and northern Ireland, and a just wondering the cuisine was obviously so much different over there mm-hmm. and uh was there any is there anything you like in particular miss is there any like cheese over there that you're like i need like muscat cheese <laughs> or... not so much cheese but oh things like their hummus and baba ganoush and all these incredible dips and just the spices oh just the smell of the spices whenever you go in places to buy them into their souks and places where they where they sell them mm-hmm. um I, I miss that type of thing because it has oh, a it has, just has a depth yeah. of color and flavor that that uh, yes i do miss that yeah I miss being able to bring it over with me oh. <laughs> back. <laughs> totally and like the i have we talked about you know oman northern ireland talked about loads of different places there like um but i'm thinking like the ideal location for you is there somewhere in the world where you've been and you're just thinking like this is it like this is the place where like i would just i am just at peace you know what i mean like i feel like you know there, you're, you're you can be happy everywhere in the world mm-hmm. totally if you just round the right people in the right community yes, yeah but i'm just thinking is there just somewhere like in terms of like the nature of the area the location itself nothing to do with who you're with just if you were like a lone person 
that you would be able to think if this is just like is it like somewhere like a ski resort or something I don't know or just somewhere in the middle of the forest I don't know yeah I think I think my ideal place if I could have one that I built myself would take elements from loads oh, of different ever, things yeah. but if it had to be somewhere where that it already exists it would be either a north or a western coast probably in Scotland um, either the north coast or off to the west or off to the islands and just somewhere isolated but with a really noisy sea i love those western oh yeah crashing waves and so on <laughs> I, that, that that would be my that would be my ideal thing but um but i would love to take elements from other places i would love to bring my hummus and my baba ganoush <laughs> and the spices over from muscat i would love to bring my cheeses from wales and france and um i would love to bring the the oh, bit of weather would be nice with the sunshine <laughs> You know, that it's not constantly, constantly miserable. There's different things like that. I would love to bring the efficiency of Germany. You know, yeah. trains that turn up when they say they're going to turn up and leave when they say they're going to leave or things that work, you know, yeah. just that, that type of thing. All those things and just put it into an ideal, perfect place. Yeah, yeah. oh, that's, that's a really good answer. Um, I only found out today because I was doing a little like me and... Rachel went for a walk this morning. I was like, Rachel, you need to tell me as much information like about like certain things. I was like asking like, where has your mum lived? And she told me that you'd lived in France and Germany for a year and a half. Yes. And uh, like obviously that is obviously well, you're obviously fluent in their languages. Uh, well, at that time. Yes, at the time. Yeah, yeah, and that is like that's that's such an experience itself. But like, um, just about like France and Germany. Is there like was there any in particular like great memories that you had in them places because i have been to france and i think france is just a wonderful country mm. i've never been to germany but mm. um so maybe talk about germany more interesting um just like is where, where about in germany were you where was in france were you and just like um did you obviously enjoyed your time there yes i did there were two very different experiences i think because of what i was doing when i when i went there yes, the, the, of course, the one yeah. in germany i was actually i was in rhineland palatinate which was really badly hit by these floods that they had oh, yeah. last week that's the area yeah. I was was in, oh, really? um, That's and uh, so my n- the nearest big, I was kind of equidistant from Stuttgart and Frankfurt. I was kind of somewhere in in in, the, in between there, and I, I worked there for a year. I worked in a in a a a, a, a company that made um, concrete products. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not what I was expecting. <laughs> How did I get into that? I know. Who knows? It was in a, and it was superb. It was absolutely brilliant for for language, for cultural experience, for just seeing the world, um, and for seeing just how things can actually work. Germany is incredible. Things work. I have never would have associated efficiency with Germany. Oh, like, I don't know why, but I just didn't know. Incredible, and the, I need to their go. Products, there, the things that they make are well made. They're reliable. They are oh, just love it, and the just one thing on it is possibly my favorite thing is the playfulness of the german language because the germans have quite a reputation for being quite serious and and everything is is very structured and organized and runs to like clockwork but my goodness their language is just the most playful language you can do so much with it Uh, it's just wonderful so I, i i i had a great i loved germany and i still do love germany super country and whenever I was in France then it was a shorter amount of time and I was there as a student so a very different experience so yeah, I studied yeah. there and I was also in a very different part because when I was in Germany I was I stayed it was quite quite rural it was you know quite quite, quite what I was used to when I left here it was yeah. it was similar but when I was in France I was in one of the suburbs of Paris 
and apparently it had the well just as you arrive they kind of glibly announced that this is the second highest crime rate in France after Marseille oh, <laughs> I just think wow. oh, that's nice and you're standing with your suitcases this just little country lass that has just arrived in from you know from Randallstown U-turn um, could have like been oh, made so quickly think, oh. But um, but the thing that made my time there were my my flatmates. I had two French flatmates, and they were just brilliant. They just had, oh, I don't know, just that really, you know, that coolness that the French have. Where mm-hmm. it, no matter what they do, what they wear, what they say, what time of day it is, everything they do is effortless and stylish. And and they the dream, had that. The they had that. And and everything would just, you know, one of them. One of them was a smoker and just made it look so cool, you know, and just, you know, at the time when everybody else was going, why are you doing that? They just, they just had it. They just, the way their language tripped off and they could be saying anything. And there was this, one of my flatmates used to have these blazing rows with his girlfriend on the phone and the language was just, it was ripe, you know, it was really rich. But it was just, it was, and he would just come out afterwards and shrug that Gallic shrug, you know, oh, go, wow. no effect <laughs> carry at all. off for a cigarette. And I thought, oh, that is just so cool. That so, um, but nice. yes, but it, it, it was, I mean, it wasn't a very nice, it wasn't a particularly nice area, but, but the college I was studying in was really good. It was really switched on um, and the classes were really interesting and everything. So I, I, yes, I, I got a lot from that as well. Lots of trips into Paris. Lots of got to know Paris quite well, oh, which was good. nice. Um, it's lovely, isn't it? I love yeah, Paris. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's a super city, isn't it? It's got yeah, so much. It really is. Anne, it is time for some uncomfortable questions. Um, the first one I would like to ask you is what do you think about yourself? Probably too much. <laughs> I think too often, not that I think highly of myself, but I think because I'm, I'm I, I do process and analyze I think too much and I do worry um but I don't worry as much as I used to which is a good thing yeah uh, I think that maybe just comes with age and, and wisdom um but it's something that I really wish I didn't you know I just wish I didn't have to I wish I could just do things back to that French <laughs> attitude I wish I could just shrug things up and <laughs> carry on to the next the next mistake oh yeah I wish to it definitely I'm I can totally relate to that um this is inspired from the movie eternal sunshine of the spotless mind have you seen that movie no i haven't but and we have it's um about this couple that uh go their separate ways and there's this process that this clinic is offering where they can erase a person from their memory and i would just right. um you can like well they're erasing their ex but I would like mm-hmm. to know if you would is there any past experience not a person that you would want to erase from your memory oh yes yes well in some ways I think we all have that we all Definitely, have something yeah. where you go I'd like to get oh. rid of that but but would that change my experience and my wisdom and my ability to deal with that that's type of very thing true. Like again, the knock on effect that even it. if you have a bad experience there's always something where you can take away from it. So yes, I could erase something. Um, but I, I could definitely erase things where I've seen things that have been you know done to others where I think that, I that, that, I that should not have ever happened. There's no justification yeah. for that in any way. 
Mm-hmm. And I didn't need to witness that to be a better person. That just shouldn't have happened. Just traumatizing, yeah. Yes, yeah. Like them um, horrible things that you see. Like whenever I was a Facebook user when I was younger, there were these videos posted of these poor dogs, and you know all these things happening, and it's just like you do not need to see that. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Anything to do with animals or children or innocence. Yeah. Or anything. And them like elderly that. in the care homes. Oh and all. no, no, no. We're no, no. we're gonna move on because I don't want to be too <laughs> negative. That is horrible. My thought to be hammer. Make a wish right now. I wish. Oh, <laughs> that is hard. Okay, let's uh, if we if we go deep. I wish for a world where it's not crumbling under climate change and economic or environmental disaster. That's my big Perfect. wish, yeah. and I wish that we were leaving a better legacy to your generation and the generations to come. I just wish that were a better, happier nineteen eighties kind of a <laughs> happy place. Yeah, yeah, that is that's that is my wish. good wish. What do you think of capital punishment? (laughs) Do you know, I think fundamentally, no, I don't agree with capital punishment. And I think because what it comes down to is I sometimes imagine if I were the one having to inflict it because somebody has that's to do that. That's what people that. say, yeah. Someone has to pull that lever and, and I, th- I don't, that. I don't think that that's necessarily. I, I mean, I, I know there are things that it's impossible not to sit in judgment of and say that is fundamentally wrong. Mm. But I don't know that killing someone because that's what it is. What it is that that's necessarily making it right. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's that's where I, I stand in it. Although I get furious, I get absolutely furious at a lot of crimes. It's not as though I'm sitting oh, yeah, day yeah. benign towards evildoers oh, oh, because yeah, totally. I get really mad at yeah. a lot of things. And one of the things I've found with like talking about capital punishment, like uh, I remember we done it in like RE in school, like that's just ridiculous because we were like you know like a five mark answer to find capital punishment, like you just get a grip. But uh, I was thinking <laughs> that you know. There, you know, the, you were mentioned there about climate change, and the thing that I kind of, you know, it's I don't think I agree with it now, but I at a time I was totally for it because I think I thought that you know, like, and I, I think it still does stand now that if these people that are you know guilty of a crime that are like using resources, and you know, people are like into you know, the one child policy in mm-hmm. China, and mm-hmm. these people aren't allowed to have more than one child. Well, it's a two-child policy now, I think. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're not allowed to have it because of, like, you know, just like we say, resources that someone in prison is using. And, uh, you know, what makes them right yes. by to think that, you know, like, if them people were removed, mm-hmm. how many, you know, how much more oxygen would there be? All, there's mm-hmm. all these, you know, resources and everything. Mm-hmm. Just something to think about. I don't really know. I, I think it's kind of undecided, you know, but I definitely mm-hmm. couldn't be the person that injected it, no, you know. No, or, like, exactly. No, it's a good point. I just, I just think, it, go back to sources, go back to, you know what happened I, I think i sometimes think that in, in society there's just not enough um just not enough kindness at the start or or guidance or steering people into the right yeah. ways in the in the first instance i think if that's neglected then you're going to have you know i i, I agree with you absolutely and and it's that balance between you know acknowledging that someone has become a victim of something and does not yeah. want that person coming out of prison but keeping them there you know what point does someone's rights start encroaching into someone else's rights who has yeah. been great it, it's, it's hugely complex i actually think it's one of the most complicated things i can't straighten it in my head at uh, no all. no no um i think you've already answered this question but uh i really go like this is such like a this is like some sort of weird like graph that is just like so like someone with a really really shaky hands on this because I, we, we went from capital punishment now to me asking you 
the best time of your life. <laughs> uh, but I think oh. it meant, I, I, I'm presuming though that it was like, you know, just the reason the kids used to say like every, the joy you got, you were tired, you were saying, but like, you know, the joy from every smile and every, just, I just, think just getting so. to see the love. I think so. I think it, it would have to be that. I mean, there've been loads of really, really brilliant oh, times, really happy times, but, but for me, the really good times are, um, particularly whenever you, pull up at a play park and you open the doors and the children pile out and go running the sight of children running into a play park oh makes that's me lovely happy. oh yeah yeah um and we're back down again what is the worst date you've had uh, is there been a date like with scott even just like obviously you are married now and all but it's just a date you've been on that just something's went disastrously wrong like a meal or like like just something that's been a mess i don't know just like um, not showing up or something or haven't had any really disastrous ones i do remember whenever you first asked that the first thing that popped into my head and this is really ridiculous but i had this bet with scott when we were when we were seeing each other in edinburgh that i was not going to eat chocolate for an entire month and he said i couldn't do it and we went for a meal in an indian restaurant and they and i had been doing so well i had something like three days to go <sighs> And they brought around you know, the little chocolates at the end of the thing. And I was so busy talking. I just picked this oh, up. And to, no. right now, I can still see his face. I can see the triumph in his eyes. Oh, <laughs> my word. They must have watched you. me just taking this thing. Oh. <laughs> so that, 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 still, that still has rattled me. I'm still actually that would that. That would, <laughs> result in, that would result in a divorce if that was me, him not saying. <laughs> no, he was, he was saying that I would never manage it. He was right. I was so annoyed that he was right. Um... This is a tradition. Uh, every I think I have done it for every black horse that has been on the podcast, and it is your favorite body part. I think Rachel said the knee. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot remember what Cassie said, but just like their favorite, which I think because Rachel obviously is studying every part of the body, I think the knee just was something interesting. Yes, and yeah. I'm just wondering, like, do you have a favorite body part? Um, is this of my own or generally? Oh, yeah, whatever. You generally, want. eyes. Hundred percent eyes. Oh wow, that's yes, a brilliant choice. Yes, to me, choice. eyes are everything in a person you get you've got it all there in the eyes oh so my that's, word that's what it is that me. is the best yeah. answer uh, and what this is the last question i'm going to go right back down who in society do you have the least respect for this is a common question on my podcast and i just really think it's just the answers i get are just amazing oh that that's 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 a lot that, that is a quite lot. a lot kind of vying for that position there is. Um, <laughs> i would say i would say back to the point we were making about about cruelty people who inflict cruelty on others or on animals oh, and don't seem to notice that they're doing it or don't seem to care that they're doing it yeah. is that like people who lack self-awareness yeah and there's yeah. so many of them i don't think you could pick one to yeah. be quite honest because yeah. there's all these unknown people yeah well that's the end of the uncomfortable questions you can breathe <laughs> <laughs> it is time for the peter quote the Peterism. I always say that. I, I I've just noticed. I went back and listened to the all the other quotes because I need to like comprise a list of which ones I've actually used. And I always say the Peter quote. The Peterism. Just like a monotonous thing. I don't know why. But the Peter quote this week is a. Uh, we were talking about dreams, and he said that he had a dream that kids wanted to kill him, and I'm just wondering. This is like a a question just for like I can just add, transition into this, which is. Do you get nightmares, dreams? Like you, you like a heavy dreamer. Heavy nightmare? No, well, I'm I'm not really because I'm a very. I think it's because I'm a very heavy sleeper. Um, I I think I'm always in that deep sleep 
section <laughs> for I don't dream which annoys me a little because everyone else in the family seems to have these incredible yes, interesting very true. dreams and I, I have bypassed that completely. I, completely. I go to bed, I pretty much pass out for eight hours and then I get up and, and that's it. <laughs> Whatever happens in between. I I, know, I do dream. I, I think I've read where everyone does dream but I just don't remember, remember them. Only oh occasionally word, I remember so them and then they're, they're kind of banal, my dreams. They're just a bit bland. Yeah. Well, the ones you don't remember, but they're so exciting. You're going on these like amazing action sequences or something, or you're like diving off cliffs. <laughs> and um, but Peter had a dream the kids wanted to kill him, and it made me think that one time I had a dream that this is like really out there. I often find my fear is drowning. I have a fear of drowning deep water, and I find that that sometimes like you know lurches into the dreams. Mm-hmm. And a uh, one time I had a dream when I was younger, and this boy. There's this boy I knew from school, not going to name him. He had like overgrown toenails. And that was the thing I noticed in school that day, I remember. And he, we went into this, there was this party happening somewhere. And it ended up being in a, I remember it so vividly because I wrote it down. And then I was like, this cannot be right. Like two days later, I was like, I did not write that, but I did. And we, this party was being held in a dollhouse. So I was like in a dollhouse for a party. And this boy came in. And it was a beach party, you know, everyone was in the swimming pool and all. And obviously there's a pool there, which put me on edge. And he came in with his overgrown toenails. And do you know they have like um metal bars that you have to hold on, railings mm-hmm. to hold in to, yeah. go in to go into the pool? Um, I was leaning on one of them, just said, I'll be fine. You know, no one's here to annoy me. And he came up with his overgrown toenails and put them in my face. <laughs> I like did a full like backflip over the railings and started to drown. And then I woke up. Like, you know, the mercifully. <laughs> I just woke up and I was like oh my god I thought I was drowning like I had to like oh, sit yeah, up and I was like is. really struggling to breathe and I have never in my life experienced anything like that like mm. a, like such a vivid dream oh, like that would a, stay with you the whole next day yeah and the day after and, yeah, and up yeah. until now I can and still remember still his flipping <laughs> yellow overgrown toenails coming at me and flip me over that railing. But the water's better than having to face the toenails. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather drown, honestly. <laughs> but Anne, that is it. Thank you so much for being the third members of the Blackfish family. You are all as amazing as each other and I've really enjoyed this chat. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you. A pleasure. <laughs>